welcome to the Art Engager podcast with me, Claire Bowne. I'm here to share techniques and tools to help you engage with your audience and bring art, objects and ideas to life. So let's dive into this week's show. Hello and welcome back to the Art Engager podcast. I'm your host, Claire Bowne of Thinking Museum, and this is episode 86. So today is a bite-sized episode, and I'm answering a question that I get asked all the time. I'm going to talk about neutrality. How neutral do we need to be as a facilitator in the museum? But before that, last week I shared why I believe thinking routines are incredibly useful and beneficial tools for you as a museum educator, guide, docent or teacher. And I shared six fundamental benefits of using thinking routines in the museum. So if you haven't yet, do go back and listen to episode 85. And as always, if you'd like to support the show, you can do so. Treat me to a cup of tea on buymeacoffee.com forward slash Claire I'll put a link in the show notes. You can also help this podcast reach more people by posting about this show on your own social media accounts and also by sharing, liking and commenting on my social media feeds. Do recommend The Art Engager to all your friends too. Thank you for all your support. Now let's get on with today's show. So I've decided to focus today on a question that I get asked a lot. It's also a question that needs a little bit of unpacking too. So today I'm discussing just how neutral you need to be as a facilitator. Now, as I said way back in episode five, facilitation is a key part of creating engaging and interactive discussions around art and museum objects. But developing the skills of a good facilitator, if I can say the word, is an art form in itself. It requires practice, patience, and the best facilitators make it look so easy. As a facilitator, you are guiding the process, creating participation, and activating the learning and engagement. But do you have to be neutral too? Now, if you look at the general definition of a facilitator, you will often see the word neutral or impartial used. Sometimes you might even see the word objective instead. Now, in some approaches, like visual thinking strategies, you're encouraged in your training to be neutral and accepting in your responses to participants and when paraphrasing their responses. What happens then if a child shares a fantastic question or comment that captures the essence of an artwork or object? Should you say great comment to that child or should you choose to stay away from these kind of positive encouragements? Well, with the VTM approach, I don't recommend neutrality because to be honest, no one is completely neutral. I do wonder if it's possible to be truly neutral or truly impartial. What do these words actually mean? And what should we be neutral about? 
What if someone makes an insensitive, rude or offensive comment? Should you still act neutral? So neutrality is quite a tricky concept and this subject is always quite a complex one in my classes and trainings. So what I recommend instead is that you set a tone of fairness in the group. And this means that if, for example, you decide to give positive feedback to one member of the group for a response they've made, then you should treat everyone the same. So if you say that's amazing to the child who's just said something profound, you then have to treat everyone with the same enthusiasm. If you don't do this, then some group members may think that their participation is not as valued as much as others. Now, I struggled with this in the early days of working in a discussion-based way. I have a naturally enthusiastic style as a facilitator. I am genuinely happy and curious when participants offer insightful comments or share ideas that open up new lines of inquiry. But way back when, a teacher offered me some constructive feedback on the way I responded to students in one of my pilots for stories around the world. And this feedback really changed the way I thought about language. It made me think about how one overly enthusiastic response to one person can shut down the contributions for the rest of the group. But if you're thinking, can I still have my own personality as a facilitator and treat everyone fairly? Yes, of course. Acting in this way, setting a tone of fairness doesn't mean you have to be beige or act unnaturally. It's about recognising what your personal facilitation style is and then responding to everyone in the group in a way that fits in with your style. So it's really worthwhile developing your own set of standard responses that treat everyone fairly. And as we talked about recently on the podcast episode with Margaret Middleton, by being aware of the words you use and the responses you give, you avoid alienating members of the group. And this keeps the discussion as inclusive as possible. Now, you also want to respond to any comments that your participants share with you in a non-judgmental way. So giving feedback to a group member who has bothered to make a comment or stated their opinion is important. It shows that you've not only heard their response, but you understand it too. And how you react to each comment will have an impact on the group itself. So overly positive or overly negative feedback can limit and close down a discussion. Likewise, if you give judgmental feedback, it encourages participants to compare themselves with others. So if you're interested in hearing a wide range of comments from everyone in your group, giving feedback without any implied judgment is essential. This opens up the discussion so that everyone in the group feels that their opinions are valid and valued.
So this non-judgmental stance and treating everyone equally sets the tone of fairness within the group and it does require a bit of patience and practice to do this. But non-judgmental responses really help to build trust within the group. It doesn't mean that you can't be encouraging or show enthusiasm or interest in what someone is saying. Here's an example for you. Notice the difference between these two responses. Wow, that's a great idea. I wish I had thought of that. Or, it sounds like you've got a good theory there. I'm interested in hearing more. So which one do you think would build the most trust in the group and encourage others to share their thoughts? Both comments would work, could work, but the first is extremely enthusiastic. So you would need to ensure that you responded to all future comments in a similarly positive way, or you might alienate some group members. The second response still shows interest, sincere, genuine interest and encouragement, but it's in a more neutral tone. So the other problem I have with neutrality is what you would do if someone in your group said something offensive, insulting or upsetting. And this is something we discuss frequently on my advanced training courses, either in person or online. In this instant, I wouldn't want to be neutral. If this happened, my first response as a facilitator is to be calm at least on the exterior, even if we don't feel calm on the interior. And the reason for this is we can only control how we react to people, not how they act or react. So depending on what was said, and that's important, I may just ask for rephrasing, or I may practice active listening to check what was said. But if someone has shared viewpoints that are offensive or upsetting, I would deal quickly with it and make a statement about what is acceptable on this program. And I may refer back to guidelines that we agreed at the beginning. Now, you can read more about that in a great introduction. But I would then move on and focus and reinforce positive behaviour. So that's another issue with neutrality. Now, a third thing to consider is, as I said at the start, as a facilitator, your goal in the VTM approach is to guide the process and encourage your participants to make their thinking visible. It is participant-centered rather than focused on you. But having said that, there are times when it can be helpful to share some thoughts to the group. For example, sometimes it can be a way of modelling a suggested response if the group are struggling to come up with their own responses. So perhaps um, with personal connections. I've done this in the past. The question, in what ways do you connect with this artwork? And sometimes I've shared some ways in which I have connections with something as a way to get the ball rolling. 
Now, do be aware that you don't really want to share anything that will influence the discussion too much, and you don't really want to shine a spotlight too much on what you are saying. It's just there to get the ball rolling, to provide a model for an answer. Because if you share too much information, you may influence the discussion. It may have an effect on the ensuing discussion. So really think carefully about what you share and how. But also too much time sharing your own responses might send a message to the group that their responses aren't as valid or necessary. And this also may shut down the discussion too early. In essence, though, you are showing, far from being neutral, but you're showing that you have thoughts and connections to the artwork too. But you are more interested in hearing other people's thoughts in this program than sharing your own thoughts. So in this episode, I've shared some thoughts on the question, how neutral do I have to be as a facilitator? As you can see, it's a complex question with lots of nuance. The key points to remember in summary are to treat everyone equally, set a tone of fairness, respond non-judgmentally, and only share your personal connections when it's helpful and appropriate. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on neutrality too. Share with me on social media. So that's it for today. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode. By the way, if you're interested in using thinking routines, I've just updated my ultimate thinking routine list for 2023. There are now over 120 thinking routines on the list. I'll add a link to the show notes. Thanks for listening today. I'll see you next time. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Art Engager podcast with me, Claire Bowne. You can find more art engagement resources by visiting my website, thinkingmuseum.com. And you can also find me on Instagram at Thinking Museum, where I regularly share tips and tools on how to bring art to life and engage your audience. If you've enjoyed this episode, please share with others and subscribe to the show on your podcast player of choice. Thank you so much for listening and I'll see you next time.